0: Asia-Pacific markets are trading mixed this morning. Investors are assessing a number of factors, including rising COVID-19 numbers and mixed economic data from across the region. Tokyo and Seoul are flat. Sydney is trading down about a third of a percent. Joining me now for a closer look at what is driving investor calculus is Pan Jingyi. She's a market strategist with IG. Good morning, Jingyi. How are you? Good morning, Michelle. Thanks for me and happy Monday. Happy Monday. We're going to start off the week. You might say the market's lacking focus or perhaps there're just too many things for them to focus on. So I'd like to walk through a couple of the big ones with you as we try to see what the week has in store for investors. So, let's start with COVID-19. There're more than 14 million cases worldwide, 600,000 people have died. Cases are on the rise from Florida in the US to Hong Kong here in Asia, and yet we also reported last week that tests by Moderna are advancing on a possible vaccine. So Jingyi, what holds more weight this week? More cases or hopes for a COVID cure?
1: Well, so Michelle, I think it's actually really a bit of both. Uh, but more than that, of course, earnings, which we'll talk about later. But mm-hmm. I think right now you do find that for the likes of U.S. cases, I mean, evidently they are the standout one at this point of time. In the end of last week, more than 77,000 cases was printed in one day. And I think certainly that number, as you look across you know, the peaks for many other regions, there's quite a number to reckon with. But at the same time, I think the market does recognise that compared to the previous peak in terms of the mortality rate, I think U.S. certainly uh, isn't looking at such a bad number this time around, so that's caused the market to perhaps overlook things a bit, and of course a bit of that hope for that vaccine still coming through, um, so it's really, I think, you know, seeing a bit of a sentiment still pretty much, I would say, buoyed despite the mm. fact that
0: resurgences are seen everywhere. All right, Jingyi. Next on my list is China. It reported stronger than expected economic numbers last week. Its economy grew at 3.2% in the last quarter. And we've been waiting to see if China's stock markets will top 10 trillion US dollars in market cap. Is this the week that it happens? Uh, so, Michelle, I would say that it's a
1: bit of a hard call again this time around. Um, I think, you know, the reason really why we're seeing this um, bit of a wave perhaps for the Chinese markets about two weeks ago, certainly heard from the Chinese authorities, uh, in, well, in a way through the well, the state newspaper, the uh, front page really encouraging the, a bit of a healthy bull run. But at the same time, I think, you know, the market reacted to it and that brought a bit of more of this, uh, well, views from the, the authorities to really see to a bit of a cooling down too fast to fear rally itself, so I do think that you know what the data itself continue to well push China in the direction of seeing a growing market cap and the 10 trillion, 10 trillion I should say um, is a market that I think you know should be well beaten in coming times but mm-hmm. at the same time I do think that the market those, uh, the authorities themselves are watching this very carefully and so Perhaps seen to not too much of perhaps a um, well bullish sentiment that could see too many building of a bubble. So it's a bit of a well uh, in a way I would say that's even actually a bit of a good news in the market given how they, you know they are coming through to guide the market in a positive manner.
0: All right. The European Union I woke up to news appears to be at deadlock when it comes to agreeing on a new 750 billion euro stimulus package. The major sticking point: how much of the money should be distributed to its member countries as grants versus low interest loans. Do you think that this standoff is going to cast a shadow on markets?
1: Yeah, so Michelle, I think I'm looking quite closely at the Euro as a gauge of how the markets reacting towards this development. Evidently as you said, it's the biggest this week and this morning have all been watching that. So Euro-US dollar, um, as far as I've seen earlier, it had dipped slightly to one spot, 14, about 10 levels. I think now I think it's pretty much back above um, well, one spot, um, I think 40, about 20 uh, levels that we've seen. So as much as prices is indicating, what it's telling us is that it's not perhaps too perturbed by this news. I think given the fact that as we walked into the weekend to the summit of the EU summit, there wasn't over-optimistic uh, views from the market that we see perhaps the passing of this, deal this time round, so on that end itself i think the reaction has so far has been contained and i think pretty much the market still looking to the negotiations to go on so on that end itself i think we're seeing the market taking this a bit in the stride and um evidently it's something that we have continue to be watching for but as far as Euro us dollar one of which really are well, shaping a bit of this uh, rhetoric so far. I think it's still been seen in a bit of uh, well, trading. The It's quite well, bullish trades a bit in bulk as what I've uh, seen so far. And that's really building on the expectation that with the EU that could be a bit more passing through um, on the, the the support front and also, of course, a bit of this uh, COVID-19 differential that we see in Europe
0: as uh, faring better than the US. I'm speaking with Pan Jingyi. She's a market strategist with IG. Finally, Jingyi, is there anything that you think investors need to know about this coming week?
1: Yes, Nisha, so definitely I think we're going to talk a lot about earnings. Um, so we have uh, about 17% of the companies on the S&P 500 index by count, by market caps have gone over 20%. Uh, reporting their earnings this week is going to be a big week to see how these are faring. Um, interestingly this morning, I was just looking at the market's last week's performance. Um, we've certainly seen about a lot of the cyclical stocks actually. You'll be surprised coming through to actually lead gains, the third consecutive week of gains for the U.S market last week. So on that end itself, a lot of the low bar that's been bid so far has created a bit of optimism. So definitely, I would say for our investors, do look very closely to U.S. earnings if you're invested in equities. And that cuts across to Asia as well as you see some of the impact trickle now um, and how you know some of the big names, Microsoft, Intel, these will be the ones to watch for us.
0: That's a great roundup for us. Let's turn now to precious metals, Jingyi. For the first time since 2011, gold has closed out a week above 1800 US dollars an ounce. It is up 19% this year, performing just a bit better than tech stocks and a lot better than US blue chips. So do you think, Jingyi, that gold has strong support at this level, at 1800 US dollars an ounce?
1: Yes, so Michelle, I think definitely over the last week we have seen about the 1800 level really helping to keep gold prices supported. To some extent, this of course has to do with the weaker US dollar as well, as of the drivers over here. Um, but I think you know, as much as prices is concerned, I think there's still a lot of factors that the market is grappling with. We have some of the news on the vaccine bits of things, but then that being said, the uncertainty still lies with how the infection is going to be. And geopolitically, I think a lot of people are counting down to the U.S. election, expecting U.S.-China tensions to really continue. So these are the kind of items that's really supporting go. And of course, even if we were to remove all of this, I think the fiscal support that's been seen, I think it's really one of the key reasons why that's. Well, pretty much pumped up gold prices. So as far as the market is concerned, I think into 2021 Bloomberg consensus still looking for uh, upside towards 1850, but I would say this is a bit of a moving target. I think a lot of people are looking towards the 2000 level, but mm. I think, you know, the risk to reward, I think one should still judge for themselves how that's going to be for him or herself. It's definitely mm. a hedge in your portfolio, but, you know, in terms of, there's been a return um, asset i think that's still something for you to make your own judgment
0: <laughs> indeed yeah. i'm going to dig a little deeper pardon the pun here but the business times ran a story this week about how gold's rally has been good for mining stocks and there is an old adage jingy dating back to i think the 1849 gold rush in california the people who made the most money were those who sold the shovels so jingy what do you think is a better buy gold or the companies that mine it
1: well, so, Michelle, I think, you know, at this point of time, um, with the gold trend, I think it's really one, you know, there's not too much of a differential between the two. Uh, in, in gold's uh, situation, I think there is a lot of this coming through on the end of, you know, this doom uncertainty, as we just discussed. Uh, but with the gold miners, I think it's another different story. I would say that with the gold miners, there's a lot of this uh, positivity on the fact that they could even really, you know, benefit, especially with the kind of futures uh, action, because even though there's some disruption Perhaps, you know, with regards to their gold mining activities given COVID-19, uh, they are still perhaps riding on the wave of the expectation for gold prices to go up. So it's really, I think, you know, both of which really moving quite a bit in tandem. Um, I personally do not have a very strong take on either, but I would say, you know, it's how you really uh, structure your portfolio, whether you want to be, you know, with the precious gold metal as a commodity itself or the companies which, in you bit know, a function like the equity side of things.
0: Mm, yeah, we'll put that question to our analysts uh, a little later as well. Before we check in on markets, Jingyi, I want to get your take on currency markets. So the U.S. dollar has been sliding. The yen has had a bit of a rebound from what I see. Do you expect to see continued U.S. dollar weakness?
1: Yes, so, Michelle, I think, you know, into this week itself, if we're going a little bit more short term, uh, I think, you know, this week itself, there could actually still be a bit of U.S. dollar weakness that we'll be uh, looking towards. Um, evidently, as we look to the U.S. dollar index, it's pushing while well, we're a little bit of support at around 96 level. Um, I will say that there's a lot of these positive sentiments in weighing on the market um, in the, uh, the U.S. dollar, I should say, so far. And going to this week, as far well as we discussed, earnings is going to be a big one. Uh, that expectation over there for the earnings to come through with a bit of positivity, I think it's going to be the case. And over and above that, I think you know we also have the uh, data side of things, the key one to the end of this week, the preliminary July market. Uh, PMIs And across both Eurozone and U.S. Uh, services and manufacturing, there's expectations for the July reading to also show well uh, improvement itself and for the services side, in fact, actually, you are propelling those into expansion territory. So I think on that end itself, it's going to see to the U.S. dollar perhaps, you know, remaining quite a bit under pressure. Uh, the only thing that I will perhaps highlight is a bit of an event, which is that we know that Congress gets back into action. And that could actually see to well some of the progress in terms of the next fiscal package. So uh, whether that comes true, I think, you know, it's going to be the counter story here if we mm. do see it. Yeah.
0: The Straits Times Index, Jingyi, fell 1.3% last week, closing about a point shy of 2620. The Singapore Blue Chip Index is basically flat over the past three months, has been still down nearly 19% since mm-hmm. the start of the year. So, Jingyi, what are your expectations for local stocks this week?
1: Yeah, so, Michelle, I think last week did have that GDP week reading to grapple with. Um, I think with the local market, however, we are seeing this kind of trend, it's a bit of a lightweight action, 2,600 to 2,700 is pretty much where we've seen prices really trapped throughout July so far, and even to this week itself, I think, you know, that perhaps remains a bit of the consensus and expectation of local market things are a little bit perhaps lackluster, and that, you know, falls on the fact that there's a bit of uncertainty on the outlook, so even if some of the regions, including the U.S., are building on the positivity for us, I think it's been very external-driven as well that comes with a bit of a bit more pressure compared to the other parts of the region. So certainly, I think, you know, on that end itself, just going to be looking well, pretty much closely to the U.S. earnings to see any of this positivity if there well, actually materializes. It's going to trickle down a little bit more, and that could see prices trade towards the higher end of the range. Uh, but I think, you know, until we see well, perhaps any of these key triggers, it's unlikely that we see our uh, local index perhaps see a bit more direction. Um, some of the earnings, of course, we're looking to some of the REITs names as well coming through. That will be quite interesting. But broadly, yes, as I said, it's a bit of a range-bound trade. So, you know, buying it well around the spot and selling around the resistance, I think, still continue to be the kind of uh, way that things are trending, Michelle.
0: Awesome talking to you, as always, Jingyi. You have a wonderful day and I'll speak with you tomorrow. Take care. Pan Jingyi, market strategist with IG, joining me this morning in Market View. Before acting on the information on MoneyFM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.